The following program was made possible in part by a grant from Organic Valley Family of Farms, organic and farmer-owned since 1988. Learn more at organicvalley.com. Welcome to the Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. With nature, it's never too late. Nature is always optimistic. Nature never gives up. Nature heals all wounds. Combining our human intelligence with optimism is the best way we can give back to the earth. It's all alive. It's all connected. It's all intelligent. It's all relatives. Scientists tell us that concern with the environment will no longer be just one of many issues in this new century. It will move to center stage. It will become the context of everything, of our lives, our businesses, our politics. We are, in fact, moving from the information age to the age of biology. In this series, The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature, we salute the Bioneers, the biological pioneers who are working with nature to heal nature, honoring both traditional native wisdom and modern scientific knowledge, restoring the earth by changing the world, A new breed of scientists is reinventing the life sciences in a burgeoning field called biomimicry. These are what we call bioneers. They're studying nature's operating instructions and imitating them, redesigning human civilization by modeling it on how nature does it. One of these bioneers is inventor Jay Harmon. We're here because we know deep inside that our troubled world needs repair, and it's absolutely crucial, and it's possible. That's why we continue to get up in the morning to strive for a better world. For me, I know it's possible because of what I've learned from nature. As a small child in Australia, Jay Harmon became a student of the sea. He spent endless hours watching the ways water moved. Little did he know that his enchantment with movement followed in a long lineage of those seeking to unlock nature's deepest secrets. When I was a child growing up in Australia, I spent any time I wasn't in school out in nature. A lot of times I should have been in school as well. It's always where I felt completely at home. One of the first things I noticed about nature was that everything is always moving. That's true from the quantum level to the cosmological. As Einstein said, in order for something to exist in a time-space continuum, it must be moving. Electrons vibrate, the Earth spins, it's all moving. Even solid rocks and landscapes are eroding, and solid steel is rusting. Life knows how to move and live in harmony with life. It's been doing it on Earth for billions of years. Bioneers pay particularly close attention to the genius of life, to learn how best the human experiment might succeed. This is important because for the first time in history, humanity has the capacity to destroy the conditions conducive to life on a global scale. The picture isn't pretty. Could it be that the very genius of nature that we're destroying is precisely what we now need to get ourselves out of this pickle? Join us for the next half hour as we explore Nature Heals All Wounds, Spirals, Seashells, and Molecular Architecture with inventor and entrepreneur Jay Harmon and green chemist Paul Anastas. My name is Neil Harvey. I'll be your host. Welcome to The Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. 
Jay Harmon has lived true to his passion for the outdoors. He's a naturalist, entrepreneur, and inventor. His first biomimicry designs arose in the 1980s when he built boats with hulls based on the shapes of dolphins and fish. In the 1990s, the shapes of sea creatures suggested to him more effective shapes for propellers, which are at the heart of all marine transit. Currently the CEO of Pax Scientific, a California engineering research and design firm, he develops energy-efficient and ecologically friendly technologies. Jay Harmon spoke at a recent Bioneers conference. The universe is a seething, bubbling, boiling cauldron of movement. Now, it's easy to think of all of that movement as chaotic, and science generally sees it that way. But there's a common shape underlying all of that movement in the universe. This entire universe and everything in it is moving and following the same path as moving water. What is that path? As a kid swimming in the Indian Ocean, I noticed that seaweed would break off in my hand if I tried to hold onto it while I was swimming. That same seaweed wouldn't break off even in a wild storm. And seaweed, all seaweed, changes its shape into a particular spiral to let the huge force of water go by. Its very survival depends on the shape it takes. The water is flowing in its path of least drag and resistance, the most streamlined path. And the seaweed is simply doing what nature insists. When I realized this, I was captivated, and I've been fascinated by it ever since. I started to see this shape all around me and looked more and more closely at its examples. It opened up a whole universe of possibilities. The same shape I saw in seaweed, I saw in seashells and in hurricanes. What's really amazing is if you look at these spiraling shapes from the side, you see they've all got the same geometry. Water going down the drain and a seashell. Our pores are this shape. We perspire in this shape. It's nature's ultimate air conditioning system. Nature's designs are stunningly elegant. I could show you thousands of examples of this shape, from weather patterns to the flow of blood in our veins to the way we breathe to the swirling flows of lava and glaciers. In fact, it underlies everything from particle decay to galaxies. All things that flow or grow do so in this shape and only in this shape. Spirals, from seaweed to seashells, from hurricanes to galaxies, to the flow of blood in our veins, to the way we breathe and perspire. Nature's geometry loves spirals above all else. Jay Harmon soon realized he was not alone in his obsession with the spiral, this unifying pattern. Obviously, I'm not the first person to notice these spirals in nature. In fact, it's the most common archetypal symbol across all historical cultures going back 50,000 years. The Maoris traditionally tattooed their body with this shape and continue to do so. All the great civilizations, the Greeks, the Celts, India, Islam, Native America, Tibetans, Zulus, Australian Aboriginals, all recognize this shape, and it's in their folklore. In many cases, it was felt to be a representation of the divine. When I studied physics and astronomy and mathematics, I found that the great thinkers of recorded history were also fascinated by this shape. It was referred to as the golden spiral or the golden proportion. 
and was regarded as having sacred or mystical properties. Descartes, the father of science, wrote a major treatise on this spiral. Bernoulli is the father of fluid dynamics, and he had the spiral inscribed on his gravestone. Einstein was the last of the great masters to be captivated by the spiral. All these minds were astonished and captivated by the spiral and the complex mass behind it. They saw it as a universal blueprint for beauty and functionality. But what about science and technology? Well, I found out when I was a boy how functional the shape was because I loved building canoes and boats. And when I copied nature's curves in those shapes, I found that they were far stronger and, and faster. The more I experimented, the more I realized that this golden spiraling shape is the path of least resistance, the most streamlined. I learned that in technology, nothing competes with nature's efficiency. But people didn't seem to realize this. Jay Harmon notes that, in fact, the world of technology thinks that energy efficiency is derived from making things move in straight lines, not in curved lines. So here is this incredibly efficient shape that nature uses exclusively, the spiral. But science and technology don't use it. Why not? Again, Jay Harmon. Well, for one thing, the Industrial Revolution was all about mass production, making cookie-cutter forms out of flat sheets and making square boxes. Natural design was literally squeezed out. And until the advance of computers, until very recently, you could not have mass-produced these shapes, even if you did think they were more efficient. The Industrial Revolution was also about cheap, plentiful power. If you wanted more speed, you didn't try to change the shape, you just added uh, more horsepower and blasted your way through, never mind global warming. Here's the rub. Unlike technology, nature never stamps out squared-off boxes, and nature never travels in straight lines. Here's what I realized. If everything is movement, and if all movement shares a common geometry, and if nature uses that shape exclusively, and technology doesn't use that shape, then by going back to that optimum shape, we can dramatically improve technology. And that can change the whole world. So once I put this together, what did I do? I decided to show industry that it's more profitable to copy nature than to destroy it. I started companies that design boats and pack scientific, that designs propellers and fans and mixers and pumps. And these devices are consistently better than conventional equipment. They're quieter, they're more energy efficient, and they're even nice to look at. There's an old saying amongst boat builders, if it looks good, it is good. Pax Scientific's designs for moving air or fluids look like the nested spiraling chambers inside a sea nautilus. Or think of the view looking down from the top of a spiral staircase. We inherently recognize natural design because we humans are built to the same design ourselves. Even our bones and our muscles and our teeth and the cochlea of our ears are all built in accordance with the golden spiral. At PAX, we started with familiar products that are noisy and wasteful, like your kitchen and bathroom fans. Millions are sold every year, and you know many of them are less than 6% energy efficient. 
That means that 94% of the energy you're putting into your kitchen and bathroom fans is wasted. We retrofitted our fans into these products to reduce noise and to increase efficiency. A team of fluid dynamicists at Stanford University recently studied our designs and proved that these shapes in technology are indeed unique. They create smoother, more streamlined flow paths. It was a shock for them. It defied common wisdom. So these are some of the tools that we've found, the tools that my fabulous team is using to design the next golden age. Fully implemented globally, and we're aiming for 15 years, we can put a huge dent in the world's energy bill and produce far less and produce far less emissions and waste. Because it's more profitable to copy nature than to destroy it, Jay Harmon's company Pack Scientific is helping revolutionize engineering design. Pack Scientific is now working with companies making products as far-ranging as refrigerators, ships, and computers to model fans, motors, and propellers on the movement of air and water. When we return, green chemist Paul Anastas and more from Jay Harmon. This is Nature Heals All Wounds, Spirals, Seashells, and Molecular Architecture. My name is Neil Harvey. You're listening to The Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. Additional audio material related to this program can be found at Bioneers.org. Nature Heals All Wounds Now we turn from spirals to Earth-friendly molecular architecture. In 2003 in the United States, there were 32,000 toxic releases from chemical plants. The number of dead zones in the oceans from chemical and human pollution has doubled every decade since 1960. There are now 146 worldwide. Plastics and their toxic components permeate even the seabed. A U.S. Army Surgeon General's analysis suggests that a worst-case scenario of a terrorist attack on a major urban chemical plant could kill up to 2 million people. Better living through chemistry? Hardly. What would nature do? It turns out that, of all the environmental problems we face, changing the industrial chemical metabolism is one of the most doable in the near term. Profound breakthroughs are occurring in the nascent field of green chemistry. Pathfinding scientists such as Paul Anastas are lighting the way to benign, practical alternatives. Boats have historically been painted uh, on the bottom of the boats with substances and paints containing tin. This is to stop the algae from growing. They're called antifoulants. So these antifoulants are painted on the bottoms of boats, but they also happen to be toxic to aquatic organisms, and they bioaccumulate. So that's a problem. So a company called Rome and Haas, is a major chemical company, developed this new paint additive to put on the bottom of boats. It keeps the algae off the bottom of boats, but it's non-toxic to aquatic organisms, and it degrades very quickly in the environment. So you're accomplishing the goals that you want, 
but you're doing it without the toxicity, without the hazard to humans or the biosphere. Green chemistry research has shown that plastic can be made significantly more benign by substituting oil-based polymers with corn-derived polymers. Because of breakthroughs in green chemistry, carpets and office furniture fabrics can be manufactured free of toxins. There are now alternatives to dry cleaning. Dry cleaning is, uh, has always used solvents that have been of concern for human health and the environment. We get dry cleaned clothes back and say, oh, that, that dry clean smell. Well, actually, that's off-gassing of, uh, of the solvents that are used. So there's been a variety of concerns. We've come up with, uh, with ways, some great green chemistry researchers, of ways of taking normal carbon dioxide, putting it into a liquid form, and using that as the, uh, as, as the solvent, as the liquid to do the dry cleaning. And because of that, you um, obviously don't have the same type of hazardous substances there, and it's not generating new CO2. It's just using CO2. Paul Anastas is the director of the Green Chemistry Institute in Washington, D.C. He's worked in the EPA and as a member of the White House staff. Trained as a conventional chemist in industry and academia, about 15 years ago, he began challenging assumptions about how we make molecules and practice molecular architecture. In 1991, he established the Industry-Government-University Partnership Green Chemistry Program and the Presidential Green Chemistry Awards. The toxic history of the chemical industry has been devastating. But this generation of industrial chemicals are being challenged for their toxicity, and perhaps most significantly, green chemists like Paul Anastas are working to rethink how the next generation of chemicals are produced. Paul Anastas spoke at a recent Bioneers conference. Can you reduce waste by using green chemistry? Absolutely. Can you make a process more efficient by doing green chemistry? Absolutely. Is that where green chemistry ends? Absolutely not. Chemistry also has another face to it the creating or creative side that actually introduces new substances into the world that have never been seen before. Because of that aspect of chemistry, there's a responsibility for what the consequence and what the impacts of those new substances are going to be. So that's why there is a a green chemistry, because these new substances are happening. They're happening every day. They're happening one million every year. 4,000 every day, three every minute. That is the rate that we are discovering or inventing new substances. So it's not a question of whether or not new substances are going to be introduced into this world. It's what is the nature of those substances going to be? And are we going to engage to ensure that the nature of those substances are non-hazardous? Because hazard, whether it be physical hazards of explosivity, flammability, corrosivity, or whether it's toxicological hazards of cancer, neurological, reproductive, or even global hazards of depleting finite resources, stratospheric ozone depletion, global climate change. Regardless of the nature of those hazards, they are another physical chemical property of these molecules. And what does that mean? What that means is that we're able to design those molecules in the same way that we can design them so that they're blue or red, 
In the same way that we can design them so that they're elastic or brittle, we're now beginning to have this level of understanding where we can design them so that they're also non-toxic and benign to human health and the environment. Today, there are 25 chapters of the Green Chemistry Institute worldwide, and the Nobel Prize for Chemistry was awarded to two green chemists in 2005. What green chemistry is seeking to do is come up with a framework for thinking so that as we go about designing this molecular architecture of the future, we look at the next generation of products and processes. We do it so that we're deliberately ensuring that this is embracing sustainability. And that is uh, being done through the reduction or elimination of hazardous substances. Paul Anastas helped devise the 12 principles of green chemistry. It's a framework for how to think about and approach the whole life cycle of materials and energy, from the nature of the materials themselves to manufacturing, the design of the product, and its commercial afterlife. The goal is always a product and process whose inherent nature is not hazardous to human health or the environment. We know that today we have entire industries devoted simply to cleaning up after our inefficient polluting manufacturing processes. We don't select our materials for whether or not they're not hazardous. We know that they don't have, as a criterion, minimum hazard. And that is really at the core of what green chemistry is about. How do you make reduced hazard a performance criterion? All of our regulations that we've put in place over the years, some regulations that have been very beneficial to human health and the environment, some regulations less so, but they have all tried to protect us through controlling risk. Green chemistry is looking at how do you address the hazard side, thereby at the same time that you can impart properties of reduced hazard, making these substances more benign, you can also make them more efficient, increased uh, performance properties, and so this is the wonderful little secret, and this is part of the reason why even our largest chemical companies are saying green chemistry is good for business is because you can make greater profits off being cleaner. Paul Anastas. Business leaders are discovering that following nature's lead benefits their bottom line as well. By eliminating huge amounts of waste and greatly simplifying processes, green chemistry offers business both large savings and superior products. Clean green chemistry reduces harm and so reduces business liability. We know how to replace petroleum products with green and renewable alternatives. Doing so creates jobs and businesses, supports farmers, restores the land and human health, provides environmental justice, and enhances our national security. All good news for the earth. Nature heals all wounds. Again, Jay Harmon. Do you remember when you were children, the soaring optimism we had, how everything was possible, everything was exciting, we looked forward to everything. And then we grow up, and sometimes this mess we're in can look pretty overwhelming, scary, hopeless, like we're racing the clock, or maybe we're even too late. I'm sure a lot of, a lot of us here feel that sometimes. With nature, it's never too late. Nature is always optimistic. Nature never gives up. Nature heals all wounds. Nature pushes up tiny little blades of grass through concrete and asphalt, and she grows jungles over Mayan cities. 
She keeps putting out billions of seeds and spores and baby spiders. She grows mountains and she evolves new species. She's always creating. Nature develops DDT-resistant bugs and others that eat oil and gasoline spills. She's even creating bugs that get around genetically modified crops in less than six years. It's not just okay to feel optimistic, it's essential. Combining our human intelligence with optimism is the best way we can give back to the earth. Right now, in this room and around the globe, we humans, the products of nature, have the resources and the technology to solve just about any problem if we have the will. There is a way if we allow ourselves to be inspired by nature's optimism and nature's wisdom. We can do it. We are doing it, and we will do it. Enjoy these days. This is a very special opportunity every year. Be optimistic, and thank you for listening. As Jay Harmon says, we all know that our troubled world needs repair. It's crucial. And in the work of Pax Scientific and green chemists like Paul Anastas, we see help is on the way. By following nature's instructions, these bioneers are creating conditions conducive to life. They're optimistic because they recognize that the solutions residing in nature consistently surpass our conception of what's even possible. And that with human ingenuity wedded to the wisdom of the wild, we can solve just about any problem we face. We are part of nature, and with nature, it's never too late. Nature heals all wounds, spirals, seashells, and molecular architecture. To find out more about the work of Jay Harmon and Paul Anastas, and explore more resources related to this show, to order a CD of this program, or to connect to the Bioneers and its annual conference, visit Bioneers.org or call 877-246-6337. To access other Bioneers CDs as well as DVDs of environmental and social visionaries, the Bioneers book series published by Sierra Club Books, featuring titles including Eco-Literacy, Educating Our Children for a Sustainable World, or to access Bioneers podcasts and information on becoming a member of Bioneers, visit Bioneers.org or call the same number, 877-246-6337. The Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature is a production of Collective Heritage Institute. Executive producer, Kenny Ausubel, written by Kenny Ausubel and Neil Harvey. Managing producer, Stephanie Welch. Our theme music is taken from the album Journey Between by Baca Beyond and used by permission of Hannibal Records, a Ryko Disc label. Additional music was made available by Rasa Music at www.rasamusic.com. For more music information, please visit Bioneers.org. The opinions expressed in the Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature radio series are those of the presenters and are not necessarily those of Collective Heritage Institute, the underwriters, or this radio station. My name is Neil Harvey. Thank you for listening. I invite you to join the Bioneers in improving the environment 
and by changing the world. This is program number 0106. This program was made possible in part by a grant from Organic Valley Family of Farms, organic and farmer-owned since 1988. Learn more at OrganicValley.com.